0: Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast, presents episode eight hundred seventeen, the CE callback with banished flavor. Record live on March thirty first, two thousand twenty two. Welcome to Tackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Duststorm. I'm your other co-host, Godzilla T. And we are hostless tonight, but we're back after being off last week. Entirely last week, actually. Uh, we mm-hmm. didn't have Halo, we didn't have breakfast Friday, we didn't have the podcast. We took the whole week off last week.
1: And I will tell you, I'm, you know, granted I had other things going, which made it worse, but uh, it was kind of nice to take a break. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it definitely. Every once in a while, it's kind of needed, but we're happy to be back. Um, we're actually going to be talking about the Halo Infinite campaign finally. It only took us three months to actually, you know, get it on the books for the podcast. But, anyways,
1: well, you know, we didn't want to spoil it for anybody, right? But unlike YouTube, I think I think that <laughs> right. It only really counts for
0: what would you say is a safe like time frame these days to forgo spoilers like at least a month 72 hours <laughs> well i guess when you're thinking about it that way sure anyways
1: i mean for talk- anybody that would really matter to right
0: so we're gonna be talking about the first two missions in the halo infinite campaign before we even reach zeta halo well technically no we do reach zeta halo we do just not
1: the we open just- world
0: right We don't reach the open world part of Halo, But we're going to be talking about that. Uh, First off, though, we've got a little bit of a community recap, actually, for Achieving Halo this past Sunday, because we did do that. Started doing some Spartan Assault, and it turns out that the Xbox One version and the PC version actually do have, or I guess the Xbox One version, does have the co-op stuff. So Bobby hopped on with me, and we actually got gold stars on all five operations. Nice. Within, or all five, yeah, in camp, I forget which way it is, but the F operation or campaign or whatever it is, we got gold stars and all of that. So that was fun to finally get done. Uh, There's one more co-op achievement that we didn't quite get, but we'll be working on that a little bit. If you can remember that far back, uh, how was the latest Frag and Friday? I guess from
1: nearly two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun you know we just kind of hung around in matchmaking Uh, we did a little big team and you know we helped just kind of helped worked on uh, some of the challenges for let's see the tactical slayer event right i forgot did we actually split up the party no we didn't okay We, we all hung together and Uh, Once the party got big enough, we just moved into big team. Had a lot of fun. Good.
0: For those that participated in the tactical event, played in the last week of the event, you got all ten items just really given for the six hours at the end of the event where it wasn't unlocking things. That has the community in a little bit of a tizzy. So, there's your little flavor of community uproar of the week. Uh Um... But the event is now gone. We're on to the 5th uh week of the Tenrai event. So that's going on right now for those that are grinding out some of those weekly stuff for the Tenrai uh event that's going on in Halo Infinite. Which means we're starting to tick down the days to season 2 possibly coming out mm-hmm. in May.
2: Can't we're believe tomorrow
1: May 3rd. Yeah. If I remember Can't
0: correctly. believe tomorrow's April. Mhm. that's that crazy. Tomorrow's even April fools. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how that's going to go this year
1: that I'm, I'm really not sure. I'm probably pretty much going to avoid YouTube and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> of course I have to work, so I don't get to look at any of that anyway.
0: Uh, from the community side of things, um, we've got a couple of projects. People have been working on uh, ward actually was working on a little bit of a, uh, looks like a, painting that he did of Master Chief Helmet, which looks pretty cool. Laird's been working on a escape pod project. He's showing off some 3D prints that he's been uh, making with the little Bumblebee escape pods. And there's a couple of things from a couple of clips from Bobby in the Tales from the Foxhole stuff uh, related to Halo Wars 2 that he's been playing with keys and a couple others on. So. That's the super real- speed mantis. Yes. Super, super fast. Uh, Image Cosplay is also doing some more armor. Uh, he's doing a George uh, outfit, so he's been working on that a little bit. And then apparently Ford Under don has been doing a little bit of work as well. Fuchs posted over in the Community Creations, they did a history of live action Halo, which Ooh. I'm guessing probably covers a lot of the Halo 3 Promotional stuff, for it Unto Dawn. Mm-hmm. The other one that will not be mentioned? Yes. The series that shall not be named. So, it'll be... that's That'll be an interesting one to go watch. So, on to some official news. There are two new debriefs for the Silver Timeline. There was one that was pre-release, and there's one that is a recap of the first episode. Both GT and I have not seen the first episode. We did see that Paranormal well, Plus...
1: Technically, I have. You've watched parts of it? I, no, I've watched the whole thing. Oh, okay. Today, I noticed <laughs> on my afternoon break, uh, I was thumbing through uh, YouTube, and Paramount Plus has posted the first full episode on their uh, YouTube. Yep. Uh, it is part of a playlist that has several videos related to the series on it. I don't know if they're going to continue that or if they just put it up there to just tease people, which is entirely possible. Most of the time they do that just to tease people. If you haven't got a chance to watch the first episode, here's your chance. So, so we will be watching it. We will be talking about it next week. I will tell you that I disagree with about 80% of the reviews I've seen so far.
0: The positive reviews, negative views. I'm not
1: going to go any further than that
0: until we talk about it. Okay. So that'll be next week. We'll talk about that. Sorry for folks that were coming and expecting we'd be talking about it. Neither GT or I are really inclined to get a Paramount Plus subscription. Although they did release episode two with like, what, five days after the first episode came out? Like it wasn't a full week. So I'm wondering if there's an expedited release schedule. Uh, I guess we'll see if it continues to do that and see if 30-day would actually encompass the entire release. But for the time being, GT and I are not paying for Paramount Plus to watch, so we'll probably watch the first episode and then wait till the end of the series before we binge-watch it and actually have a chance to put our full thoughts together on on the series. There are people out there that are doing reviews on it right now. I've seen Hidden Xperia on top of things like he always is crazy. I, I don't know how he does it.
1: Yeah. I don't watch him anymore. He's just, I got a bad taste in my mouth with his pre infinite content. So,
0: yeah, I get that. But there's, there's folks out there reviewing it. If you want to get their takes on it. Uh if you want our takes on it, sorry, you're gonna have to wait till the series is done and we have a chance to actually watch it in full without having to add another subscription on. And,
1: I will hope that they continue their uh, drip feed on their YouTube, which is (laughs) fine with me. But You will see.
0: I need to watch through some of the other stuff on that playlist too, just to Mm -hmm. get a sense of, because there's some stuff on there. Always with the pre-release stuff, there's these little video clips of the actors coming together and talking about how it was to make certain aspects of the show. You have the typical funny questions of like, Who's the funniest on set, or who stole what from the set? Yada yada yada. So there's some of that stuff in that playlist from, from what I could tell with the quick glance of it. Mm-hmm. But episode one next week, we'll we'll talk about it. I'll get a chance to watch it. GT, I, could, I guess you'll rewatch it, or
1: probably a couple wait. more times at least.
0: But we're gonna be talking about the campaign before that, though. The silver debrief number three goes a little bit into some of the connections between the mainline story and, or some of the main narrative and how it's getting fed into the silver timeline. So they talk about bringing the weapons to life, how they pull some of the characters and other things in from other pieces of the franchise. Lots of little nods to existing lore and there is kind of a brief touch on how they're integrating some of it in. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that because I've heard some things from some other folks that are that have draw some questions that I will leave for when we actually get a chance to discuss the
1: show. There are things in there that don't make sense, but some of it just doesn't have anything to do with the lore. From what I've heard, it's a very, very big
0: departure. Like it's just using elements of the game. Universe and making its own narrative it's, it's the sense I've got, is is basically this is
1: this is an opinion before I even watched the show. You know, when they announced that they were bringing in the Silver Timeline, I knew there would be hints to the main canon, but they weren't going to follow it like the Bible. And even the excerpts that I've seen previous to watching the whole episode, I'm okay with it. It seems good. Yep. I am holding my complete opinion on that until I can see the whole show because this is one episode. So they're kind of warming things up. They got to get all the characters introduced. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the show that has nothing to do with the story other than just kind of getting the primer going getting all the characters established.
2: Yeah. Because they,
1: you know, you do have to remember that they are also making this for people that have never watched Halo or played Halo or read a Halo book.
0: And then for everyone that hasn't tried to explain things to friends that are watching it can't because it doesn't follow the main story.
1: Mm, well,
0: it yeah, never mind. Um anyways, to so save that for later. We also had a community update that got posted a little bit earlier today. Uh, thank you, Haruspis. We've got a couple of new things that we haven't covered yet. They're, uh, this is actually out now, but for those that play Among Us, for the Windows Store and the Xbox version, if you log in, you can get a little Master Chief uh, Among Us bean with a monitor pet. So for those that play it. has still, his. I do not yet, actually. I haven't logged in and gotten it. And actually, I actually only have it on Steam, so I guess I have to see if it's included with Game Pass, or and I don't know if that like transfers over. I don't know if it's a platform-specific skin. Mm, it could
1: be. It very well could be, but we'll see. All right, I was looking forward to seeing your little Master Chief run around. I, I mean, I hope I can still do it.
0: I just don't know if I can. I haven't gone in to check yet. Granted, I didn't know it was coming out today. I just saw the kind of sneak peek post on social media yesterday that it was coming. Mm -hmm. And then there was the announcement today. It's like, oh, it's live. Surprise. Surprise. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, for those that participated in the tactical ops event for the last week, there were some issues that prevented challenges from progressing. So anyone that had participated during the final week, March 15th through the 22nd, are, were, were automatically granted all 10 rewards. So if you grinded through the first week, then uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, that happened and then they also <clears throat> Halo also announced a partnership with Wolverine, which I guess is a boot company. They had 117 which I'm sure these are already sold out. They were selling 117 Halo themed bo- boots. They look pretty cool. Good luck getting one. Apparently Scalpers were already selling them on eBay near
1: minutes after they actually went on sale. That doesn't surprise me. Nope. In other news, GPU prices are coming down. Oh. Um.
0: And Xbox One or Xbox Series X stocks is actually kind of <coughs> being somewhat persistent as from what I keep seeing across my Google feed.
1: That reminds me, I wonder. I want to check something. Okay.
0: I bet Eric Kivu Eric Kivu is saying that on Discord he's had to explain a lot of canon differences to people which that doesn't surprise me Uh, another thing that uh, is in the community update got some new Xbox gear shop for Halo there's a sale going on right now until April 7th for the spring they can get 50% off some select Halo gear if you so choose HCS Kansas City is coming up pretty soon tickets are on sale for that event. Uh, That's going to be April 29th through May 1st. So for those that are interested in going, it does look like they'll have a, uh, a few spectator passes if they haven't been sold out already uh, for purchase. So if you're in the area, GT, or you're interested, maybe not GT, then check it out and (laughs) check it out over on, uh, at, Halo.gg and you can check out tickets and venue details and all that fun stuff. The EU Super happened this past weekend and Ascend were the team that came out on top for the EU for this last kind of little... I'm not sure how exactly they divvy things up anymore with the HCS series. I've, I've kind of lost touch on that honestly. Need to figure that out. And then there at the bottom is a little art piece that was done for Halo Mythos by Leonid Kazinico of the destruction of the planet Onyx. So that's all the official news that we have on the Halo side of things, unless someone in the chat knows if I missed something or GT, did I miss anything that you're aware of? Uh nothing that I'm aware of. I feel like a lot of the attention right now is on the Halo TV show and just lack of <laughs> Halo Infinite content from the community side of things, so a little bit of a lull from the game perspective. But uh, we'll talk about the first episode next week. So for our main course tonight, we've got the first two missions of Halo Infinite, uh, starting off with the the cutscene of Master Chief fighting Atriox and losing that battle.
1: Let's talk about the cutscene a little bit. You mean of Master Chief getting his ass kicked by patriarchs by your trucks? Yeah. And how
0: swift of a of a kill the Infinite took from the Banished. Pins and Bob Bobby Oath po- talked, or they made a post in Discord. So thank you, Pins and Bobby. We've got a couple of things to to bounce off of from the community side of things, but. Yeah, sorry, what were we gonna say GT?
1: Well, you know, honestly, the uh it's not I never thought that the Infinity would be undefeatable. It is a very strong ship, but it is one ship. And it can't, you know, it's I mean, even with its, you know, underslung frigates, it's still just You know, it's a small fleet. It was basically just overrun by superior forces. Yep. Atriox had already planned ahead for the Infinity showing up. Yeah.
0: So... We learn that later on in the game, but
1: yeah. You do... Well, you can tell by the cutscene that they were prepared for the Infinity's arrival. Oh, yeah. that's, That's true. I mean, you can't... You don't have to... You don't have to be a genius to realize that the banished were ready for the infinity when it showed up. Hmm. Yeah, they caught it off guard. Hmm. It was cool to kind of
0: see the zoom in, like air battle, going into the hangar bay, seeing Chief fight Atriox. The the whole just cinematography of it was great. The vibes that it kind of gave and to set the the mood for the campaign i think played really well Mm -hmm. there there wasn't really anything that i thought didn't fit i know you kind of mentioned a long time ago that would have been nice to kind of play that out and i think pins also yeah i was
1: really you know honestly i was hoping for more on that opening scene you know i i was just I was looking for more of an explanation and that was just my initial reaction to the game. Mm -hmm. As I played through the game, it fulfilled that it almost played
0: into like the setup of.
1: Yeah. Why did,
0: why the infinity falls so quickly? Why? Well, the more,
1: the more I thought about it, the more I realized that with that opening, it put every player on the same playing field, whether they're new to the series or a veteran of the series. Mm. Everybody knew the same amount of information as far as that game is concerned. Right. There was no, there was no need for the backstory the way they started it, which was important for the game, Mm -hmm. especially since they're trying to draw in new people into the series. So you know we we often said that they should have some type of cutscene that kind of catches players up to the current events. I, you know I never thought of the utter lack of information at the start of a game to be a good thing. And it was. I was You know, I look back at it now and I think it was the right choice.
0: Yeah, I think it helped play a lot into kind of resetting some expectations and getting, like you said, people on the same playing field and almost level setting. Because for those that haven't played Halo Wars or don't know really much about The Banished, there's enough there to give you the sense of, okay, you have a main premise of what you're going to be doing. Obviously, you're trying to survive the Banished, mm-hmm. and the cutscene right after it plays into it that you're going right back onto into Banished territory. So you're you're fighting to survive, very similar to kind of the Halo CE opening, mm-hmm. which I think Bobby pointed out in his write up. But you also had for those veterans who played Halo Wars, it was a continuation of it, and. Mm-hmm. While you still have to read the books to kind of get some of the in-between, even if you
1: didn't read the books, there's enough well, there yeah, to kind of like transition why Atriox is there and how Atriox is there
0: right um, but it's there's still enough there to kind of help fill the gap of banish being a really cool enemy to fight and a really nice addition to the the lore to bring that in and, and have something be an, another foundation something that's similar is, is good too. So it really catered to both new players and veteran
1: players. I think very well. Yeah. You know, as a veteran player, I initially was disappointed with it. Like I've already said, but now that I've had some time to reflect on it, I think it was a good choice.
0: You never really know until you reach the end and you see the whole story come together.
1: I mean, even beside the story, You know, I honestly haven't gone through and listened to all the logs and read all the bios on the different high-value targets and stuff like that. But just with me getting past the, I don't want to say anger, but disappointment of the opening and just having the time to actually think about it. Yeah, that's, think, think about it. Anyway, ponder some things it does it does make a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. It's it had a very good opening package even though we didn't know what the full implications of that was going to be in the game. There are a lot of little moments that I think you just had to kind of take it at face value and see how it culminates mm-hmm. into the greater story. Which I thought they did a very good job from a narrative perspective holding certain things back so when you actually do connect those dots together it's that realization in that connecting the puzzle pieces together that is is very rewarding when you're going through that experience i do kind of agree with your original assessment the cutscene did feel kind of short it would have been nice to have a little bit more action a little bit longer but i think there was mm-hmm. enough there to at least set the ground level of what one of the main overall pieces of the campaign was going to be about, which was surviving the banished. And to your point, to just see Atriox whip Master Chief around like a toy and Master Chief barely being able to do anything about it, that was a.
1: Uh, I still think that, that Master Chief should have been able to at least split his lip or something. Uh, yeah, I understand. And this goes to, uh, you know, Atriox's backstory. He is. He's. He's a badass. Yeah. If that and that's the that's the point. That's the whole point. Yeah. If you want more information, I highly recommend you go on YouTube and look up the Halo Wars 2 cutscenes. There's a lot of information in there about Atriox that helps explain that fight and explains why he's so terrifying,
0: I guess is Yes. The uh, word that comes to mind at the moment.
1: Atriox I, I will say, Atriox is unlike any enemy, any other enemy in the Halo series. Yeah, it. I mean, even in some in some instances, he's more terrifying than the Flood, and definitely more terrifying than the Covenant. Yeah, I mean, the Covenant
0: was. Now that I'm thinking about it, Covenant in Halo. I guess I'll say the the Bungie Halos, really. <laughs> nice bobby really just kind of laid more the traditional it's humanity versus aliens mm-hmm. type of thing and there's this oppressive side of of the aliens that really plays into it granted what they built up narratively with the covenant and then how the story within the halo games is really melded with the arbiter siding with the humans and really coming to terms with the Forerunner's original intent were, and yada, yada, yada. All that was was good, but as far as a threatful presence, an actual enemy to respect, the introduction of the Banished in Halo Wars was kind of that refresh that the Halo franchise mm-hmm. needed. And it really played well and continued that throughout the Halo Infinite's campaign. And even this initial cutscene is just like, okay, this force is powerful enough to... Take down the star protagonist of the entire franchise in a matter of 20 seconds. Really makes you. And, I, th- and the, I think the emotion that they worked going for and they delivered on was these are the stakes that you're up against. This is the nearly impossible fight that you have to survive.
1: You got. I will, luck- say, I will say one other thing about the cutscene. As much as all of us wanted Blur to do the cutscenes, they did an awesome job. Yeah, there's something special about in-game. It's, I mean, just the quality of the the scenes. Don't get me wrong, Blur could have blown it out of the water even further than it already was,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: it was so refreshing to have that. It really was. And that first cutscene, while it wasn't blurry,
0: it was an engine rendered. Yeah, it wasn't actually an engine. It was just an
1: engine rendered. Still, you know, it was still the game wasn't just playing a video, right? You know, it wasn't just open this file, play. It was, it was a nice
0: return to form, mm-hmm. with how all of Bungie's cutscenes were, mm-hmm. really getting that sense of not taking the player completely out and doing a separate cutscene for the game. Halo 5, I guess, was the only game that really relied on cutscenes. And well, and Halo 2 anniversary. Um, cutscenes being More no, I guess Halo 5 did Halo 5 during game have in game?
1: They had in game. Okay. Well, with the exception Well, no, I guess actually the opening cinematic was as well. I don't think it was okay. a, I don't think it was a pre rendered video.
0: So it's just Halo 2 anniversary that had the stuff, but that was kind of a special case.
1: Anyways all well, that in Halo Wars. Halo Wars. Well, yeah,
0: all the Halo Wars stuff between missions. Yeah, but that kind of makes sense for an RTS for those to be pre-rendered, because those narrative story bits are more cinematic in nature versus the the field that you're on for a, an RPG. Anyways, yeah, the the game was polished enough graphically where. Everything that they did cutscene wise being an engine was was great, yeah, and I definitely
1: uh, had no qualms with that,
0: and all the issues that we had two years ago they they knocked it out of the park, they really polished up the game, even the pilot cutscene that we got from last year's e three mm-hmm. that was even touched up although there were, yeah. there there are elements of the of that cutscene that I wish stayed in versus the new one,
1: but there's some of the elements of the new ones I like better too. So give and take. I think it was a good package. What they decided to show us, I I enjoyed it. They did make some changes to it, but it also, the changes, you almost pulled at the heartstrings a little harder. And it, 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 it actually added a lot more realism to the scene. It, you know, as gut wrenching as it was the first time, <laughs> the, you know, the little hollow pad, it just, the, just the, you know, what they had there, it was really, it was almost disturbing looking at that hologram. It just, it didn't look right. It didn't look like something from the 26th century. You know, it looked like something somebody did in their, you know, their, uh, tinkered around, garage. Right you know, mm-hmm. last year. So I, I, I I appreciate a lot of the chain changes. I don't think it hurt the scene at all.
0: No, I think it still had the same impact overall mm-hmm. of what they were going for. The scene didn't really change much from what we saw during E3. I don't think there's really much other, much else to talk about. Obviously, more details of the mm-hmm. Pelican because the finished product, more details and facial expressions and, and all that stuff
1: better shadowing, better colors.
3: Yeah.
0: The only difference really is technically. Some of the little nuances that they put in there was really well done. Like when she finally fully opened the door, the entire Pelican kind of repowered back on, almost like it was mm-hmm. a reset switch. So all those little details and nuances that they added in there were a nice touch. Uh, let's see. After that, we get the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Which was... Uh, a lot of fun, getting into seeing the. How, how do you say? Is it brack, Good Bracken? Luck. <laughs> brack Bracken, I. Bracken, I. I don't know.
1: Help, Eric, and pins. <laughs> the the banished ship, which that, we did learn is an actual banished ship, not a reclaimed frigate or something from the UNSC, which was nice. Uh, had
0: all the nice red lighting in there. Uh, you get to sneak up on some grunts, and then you get this one raging brute. Where, I guess for the for the first time, what what was your first initial response to seeing that brute charge? That's just shoddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. When I first saw it in the trailer, then that was fun. You know, that was intense. But since I'd already seen it, I knew it was coming. So, it really kind of lost a lot of its shine, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a cool scene. Especially when Chief looks down at the door sliding by his feet. Going like, you just didn't throw a door at me, did you?
0: <laughs> yep. It's like, uh, well, okay. And then if you're on any difficulty but legendary, it's pretty easy to take him out.
1: Yeah. I mean, even on Legendary or Lasso, it's not that hard from what I've seen so far.
0: You just grapple past them.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's all you do, really. It was it was
0: fun being able to have the prompts that and kind of an environment for you to really utilize the grapple shot and get used to mm-hmm. using that. Plenty of fusion coils to pick up and mess around with as well, so... Great initial room to really help the players learn the new mechanics of, of the game, which I thought was nice. Getting used to the oh, waypoint system. Coil. Yep, the fusion coils, the, the new heads-up display and how that was laid out. Um, a few weapons to pick up if you knew where to go or if you were just exploring. So overall, a good first room to really get a player oriented to how mm-hmm. the game's going to go. So kudos to 3 for on, 3 on that. Because some of those can be rough, like Halo 2. Yeah. Um. So, yep. Um. After that, just kind of running through, you get to hear a little bit of Eshram talking about Atriox. So getting to learn about the antagonist of the game. Uh, there's also some little quibs, if you're patient enough to listen to some of the banter between the Brutes and the Grunts. Mm-hmm. A lot of the details just is really nicely put in there. The pathing was not too bad either. While there was some kind of, uh, circle back a little bit, it wasn't the straight kind of in and out that we got with uh, some other games. But it did remind me a lot of Pillar of Autumn too. And I know I think yeah. people have said that it, it feels very much like a Pillar of Autumn esque level.
1: Well, but not a copy know, I will paste say, either. yeah, I will say that these first two levels drew heavy inspiration from Halo CE, and you can see that in the level design. It just not really the you know the the graphics or the art style of the level, but just in the levels layouts.
0: Yeah, obviously it's a very different art style because Banished and mm-hmm. New Engine, but yes and I appreciated that same.
1: I think it was. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean, in these first two levels, they really did. They did funnel you into a certain path on the first, you know, on the very first level in the banished ship. Uh, And then this second level, they expanded that a little bit and gave you more freedom to move around. You're still on a path, but how you moved in a lot of the rooms was totally up to you. Yeah. You know, it wasn't all high hallway fighting. Well, the nice thing with the
0: banished level, you did have a few of those side hallways, kind of like you did with again, pillar of autumn where you had, you mm-hmm. either go head on with enemies or take the side hallway and try to flank them. So there were a few of those opportunities in that mission. Uh, but then like you said, with the second mission, there are vastly more ways that you could take to get to a place. And I almost feel like mm-hmm. the second mission for infinite felt more like a, felt a little bit more like a truth and reconciliation mission.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Pardon me.
0: But inside, inside the foreign side of things, but as far as kind of that mentality of, of making it advance, making it to an objective and then having all the different side paths that you and different approaches that you could take on a specific engagement. Pins brought up in his thing, though, he was kind of uh saddened to hear that Eshroom was, or Eshroom was saying that Atriox was dead. So we go from a cutscene that we have Atriox to him
1: being dead. And did we actually get. You have to wait till we get to the end of the campaign to find out.
0: No, uh, like. Do we know how long in-game at this point that Master Chief was out in the... Six months. No, I know we know, but like in-game were, were we told that?
2: Um, did it say like
0: six months after? Oh, yeah, it, it, it did. Because at the beginning of the cutscene, it said six months before. Yeah, so it, it does. Yeah. So you know that it's based... So sometime in those six months, you basically just know, okay, Atriox is supposedly dead. The moment you pick up the... Whip- oh, okay, so... Bobby was reminding us that it's also no, we
1: were talking yeah we were talking before that point because that's I think that's the first time it's actually said in the campaign how long it's been Yeah, I mean yeah it comes up in text but I think that's the first time somebody actually says it when Cortana does when you pick up Cortana the weapon or
0: sorry the weapon yes sorry gotta, gotta retrain my brain on that one <laughs> Also with the first mission going through and kind of finding all the little collectibles. Mhm. The skull was tricky though. I did not find that one on my own. That was another forerunner had found it before I did, so I had to go back and find that one.
1: I found all the I found all the audio logs. They were pretty easy to find. Yep. The skull I did get help with mainly because I was When I went skull hunting, I was kind of speed running it. I didn't want to fart around a lot with it. Yep. Yep. That totally
0: get that the first time around. You don't want to take it too slow that you're going to just bore yourself out without experiencing the the story in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Well, I mean, I was taking my time and learning about the story through the fobs. Uh, and the different banished bases, high value targets, stuff like that. Um, but I haven't really dug, you know, really deep into the logs, you know, where I've actually listened to them in order Hmm. so that they actually make sense. (laughs) You know, I've been focusing on just getting all the logs collected so that I can go through and I can listen to these stories in order of operate, you know, in their in the correct order, instead of you know here 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 here, because there's multiple stories going on in these logs, and it's a it's a good amount of
0: story too. Like there's I think mm-hmm. it's Sadie's story on steroids. There's I want to say there's possibly over an hour of just audio log audio. <laughs> there's a lot. So yeah, it's it's its whole. Other supporting storyline to the events that happen. You even hear Lasky on the Infinity and and mm-hmm. Roland and Palmer and Chief planning the evacuation. And then when you get onto the ring, the Spartans there and some other Marines there. The bandit like, yeah, it's it's a whole another supplementary story or sets of stories to to the game. If you haven't had a chance to check them out, I highly recommend you do. I haven't seen a particular YouTuber or video up there cataloging everything together, but I'm Halo assuming
1: is actually going through the story of infinite. Um, and he's focusing on specific sections of it at a time. Um, that probably helps. he, He's already gone through some of the UNSC logs, um, you know, explaining what happened with the infinity and stuff like that. And he's, you know, he's just kind of breaking it down into smaller chunks. That'll help people digest the overall story. Cause there's a lot in there. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot in there. If you don't speedrun run like this.
1: And of course he expands. He also expands on, the story that is in Infinite by, you know, relating, you know, uh, accompanying facts from the extended lore as well.
3: Yeah.
0: So let's see, uh, after you're running around through a little bit, uh, you're hearing Escherum talk when you get to the point of the, the mission where you're shutting down the, or what's it? Overloading the engines. Overloading the engines. Yep.
1: Um, and when you do that, Yeah. the best,
0: Hearing Ashram yeah, well, address bef- Chief?
1: The, before that... Before that, okay. Ashram calls the ship to find out what the hell is going on and finds Chief standing on the bridge. Yep. Oh, that, well, that's what I'm talking about. That, that moment. Yeah. I thought you did. Anyway. We thought you did. Yet here you stand. <laughs> and then you see the pleasure... In his face to find out that Chief's still alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ashram is l- honestly looking forward having Chief alive. Yep, of having the opportunity to fight the Chief. Two Titans. Yeah, it it is interesting.
0: It's yeah, man. It is. It that was one of those like, oh crap. Hope I don't. I hope I don't crap my pants moments.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it was it, it definitely got my attention. Yeah.
0: The
1: they portrayed Eshram
0: really well throughout this entire yes, game.
1: Did. Like
0: so much better than the prophets being an antagonist. Mhm. To to the entire franchise. Probably like the bandits overall as a faction and Aatrox and Eshram, I think are the the best pieces of like opposing factions and antagonists that the halo franchise has produced. The flood was kind of that initial shock value for halo CE, Mm -hmm.
1: which, Oh, don't get me wrong. The flood. I I don't, I'm not trying to discount the flood at all because the flood was a very formidable enemy Mm -hmm. to everybody. That threat's just currently not a problem right now, (laughs) more or less. Well, I mean, especially once they introduced the grave might and, you started interacting with the grave mine that changed the flood in my eye, in a big way, it became a lot more calculated. It became a lot more sinister. So yeah, it was, and that storyline can only it, last it's up for, there.
0: Yeah. And that storyline can only last for so long without waiting for some kind of uh, change in story. So uh, I, I think the flood is going to be back. It's just a matter of kind of on hiatus going to explore this Mm -hmm. banished side of things, uh, see if the endless has anything to do with this and see if there's going to be eventually some kind of endless flood banished UNSC major have added in some kind of campaign expansion or maybe a future Halo title or see whatever they do with it.
1: The banished story is by no means over with. There is still unanswered questions. Oh, sure. And there's going to be a lot of DLC. And I DLC. can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see where... It- <laughs> yeah. The Battle of Five Army Armies. Hale's version of Battle of Five Army Armies. Yeah. Get my mouth to work. Word vomit. <laughs> anyway it's you know in this first level you learn a lot about eshram and basically this whole level chief's just trying to survive yep get the pilot
0: to calm down for a minute (laughs) because he's up there basically like telling chief get me out of here get me out of here
1: yeah it's uh it's quite the it's a it's very action-packed level You're not, you know, it's, it's a pretty quick level, which is nice. You know, we get to see chiefs hacking skills, punch it. Mm -hmm. That's how chief hacks things. He punches it. Yeah. Anyway. Punch it, break it. It's it's hacked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, after this room, you know, you set the engines up to just be destroyed and then you, you have the escape run. Yes. Which is, you know, the, basically the last label level on Halo CE, but on foot, Mm -hmm. which it's good. I mean, they did it very well. The, just the pace of it, it's, it was done really well. I, I appreciated it a lot.
0: Yeah. No, I thought it was a very good introduction. It gave you a little bit of time to kind of learn the sandbox get the baseline story with the banished and Esherum kind of fill in the gaps of why atriox isn't there really overall just set up the rest of the game. It's as, as basically mm-hmm. what that first level did. And they did it so well. Also all the red accent for the banished was really well done, but didn't really hinder. It was well done. It wasn't overdone, right? You still had enough of the color variety in there that made sense the standout for all the d- the data logs, data pads, while the UI is cluttered at the bottom, uh, the other HUD elements throughout the game are really well were really well put into place.
1: The one thing I did going back to the HUD, the one thing I was questioning was grouping everything down at the bottom. Yep, which I would have preferred to have it spread out personally. But the way they did the controls for those items, it makes sense. because how much stuff is going on? Yeah. Well, and I haven't gotten the hang of this yet. I've never been much of the D-pad guy. Anyway, it makes sense because it's all... It becomes like using your thumbsticks. You don't have to look at your thumbsticks to use them. Once you figure out the controls for those two little boxes, you really don't need to look at those little boxes anyway, because you know what you selected. You just have to get that ingrained in your. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that you have to know is that you actually have in the case of grenades that you have those grenades available. Right. So you do have to kind of keep a mental note of what grenades you do have in your inventory. But as far as the, spartan abilities or whatever you want to call them uh the equipment once you have it you have it yep it's always there i do like how
0: it was how how it differs from multiplayer where you once you unlock it you get it and you have the upgrade cycle to really mm-hmm. enhance those abilities i thought that was that was a nice touch
1: and it it makes it Makes it a lot more fun to use. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first figured out that when you upgrade the grapple hook, you get a ground pound. Mm. As I ground pounded through the floor and got stuck in the geometry,
0: which is the being mail, used by mail. which is used heavily by speedrunners, by the way.
1: Oh yeah, it is, and people that run lasso. Yep. They basically skip the entire Proving Grounds uh, as they head up t- to Atriox. Yeah. Or not Atriox, to Eshrim.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> isn't the only person you have to fight the Blademaster? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. that That's really literally the only thing that you have to fight if you can do the ground pound and navigate. It, it It's nuts. Eric Kibu said he did it legit without skipping. I mean, I I did I think all of us did initially. We we went through the mission without skipping. No, I'm
1: talking about running lasso. Oh, you're talking
0: about like uh lasso Eric Kivu or are you or are you just talking about normal lasso? Okay. Well, okay, did you do it without the tank gun? That that's that's going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm going to be using the tank gun when I go through it and I'm going to be doing the glitch where you find the hole in the the wall and get the pelican and fly to the end. No tank gun.
1: Wow. Well I mean really once you pick up a rocket launcher, as long as you don't blow yourself up, you're okay.
0: Well the tank gun you have infinite ammo. Rocket launcher you don't. Or is there wait is there a skull that does infinite ammo? Yes. Ah but never mind. Yes. But tank gun you can shoot Duelist
1: energy sword and arcane signal beam is a good combo. Okay.
0: That Sentinel Beam can shred. Mm-hmm. It it really can. Anyways, Eschrim, recognizing Chief, uh, and then the pilot's like, "Do you know this guy?" And Chief's like, "Nope, <laughs> never met him before." So that that was one of those like, "Oh, so there's another player in the, in this fight." And then after, like the whole running part. When I first did my run through, I, I hopped along the top like you're supposed to kind of navigate. Mm-hmm. On my second run through, I fell all the way down. And there's actually like a hidden bottom pathway that you can take if you ac- accidentally fall all the way down. So it's kind of nice that they <laughs>
1: had that. You don't fall into space. Yeah,
0: that oops secondary path at the bottom of the of that giant room where everything's being deployed. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to, to have. I did fall off quite a few times.
1: In my initial run. but Actually, on my initial run, I made it all the way to the bottom. Don't get me wrong. I had some close calls. I think one time yeah, I thank got... God, thank God for the grapple hook. But, uh, you know, all, all I, One time I got
0: knocked off by one of the moving, other moving things. Mm-hmm. And then the other time I just slid off because I missed my grapple or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, it just, you know, me, it was just because I wasn't really sure where to go. Because you know, it was the first time I was through, and honestly, the waypoint's not that helpful. That, that
0: waypoint, no, is not helpful at all. Could just point you across the room like, okay, what the heck am I supposed to do? Would have been nice to have a waypoint like on the initial box that you need to get to, and then point it that way.
1: Yeah. And point me in the right direction, and then change the direction. Right. So that, that one
0: was a little confusing, I will admit you get to the end everything starts blowing up you lose gravity and then you get ejected yep floating out in space and then you're floating in space again yep but this time the pilot's able to actually pick you up uh bobby said in his post that he really liked the way i think this was bobby to the bobby or pens but really liked the way that you were introduced to zeta halo actually it was pens mm-hmm. uh just seeing it out there, seeing it broken. Like that was the first time in game that we actually get to see the ring post the initial cutscene and it blown up mm-hmm. really good. Just frame setting or where the rest of the game is going to be taking place. Definitely. I do hope some other part of the DLC gets us to the rest of the ring. That's still intact, but time will tell anything else to bring up from the first mission. No, I think it pretty much covers it. So, on to the second one where it is ring destruction and lightning and blue. Very contrast from banished red to forerunner blue. Red versus blue. Oh, exactly. Uh, before that, though, we got the cutscene where we see uh, Tremonius and Eshram talking back, back and forth. And Eshram's like, I'm so, so happy. I'm invigorated that Chief is alive and I get to fight him. And Tremonius <laughs> is is shaking in his boots, like this risks everything that we've been trying to, to do Mm -hmm. Um, that whole dialogue back and forth, just really set the tension and really. No, actually
1: that was when the blade messenger showed up that set the tension. That, that really, that whole
0: (laughs) cutscene. that even Uh in the, it was incredible both from inside the Pelican where you see chief starting to kind of scan the area, see if there's anyone else out there. And then mm-hmm. it gets to the banished side of things where Eshram's seeing the destruction of, of the ship. I'm not going to try to butcher the name again. That's falling out of mm-hmm. orbit and Eshram is all invigorated and Tremonius is all freaked out. But then uh, having Eshram basically s- say that trust in what, Atriox has done. Uh, the banish will prevail despite anything that's going on, and no one will stop us—not not the UNSC, not the. Did you say the flood?
1: Or, mm, I don't yeah. remember if you yeah. said the flood. And
0: then not her, which is like, okay, what's this other her? Yes. So, even more mystery, and more like what's going on. So, all of this time, your more questions are coming up than answers. And it Mm -hmm. puts you in a really, as a player, in a really unsure situation of, what the heck am I getting myself into? And then, like you said, the blade mat, like, all of a sudden you see Tremonius being restrained by something. And you just get this light little shimmer. And I didn't really notice this until I just played it before the podcast night. But as the camera spins around, you see the shimmer edge of the active camo as you're looking at the hologram Mm -hmm. at the table. Oh, I didn't notice that before. But you go around. So the, obviously, if you pick up on that, you see the shimmer, and then the blade master decloaks with his special hatchet, energy, energy hatchet. Energy hatchet. Energy hatchet. On his uh, on his
1: robotic arm. Uh, no. What do they call that? Oh, I can't think what they call it's it. It's Not now. the duelist blade. No, not the duelist. No, it actually it has a actual name, and I can't think what the name of it is.
0: Okay. It's basically on his robot arm. And it's blades that go up and down the full length of the arm. It
1: double-bladed axe, right? Except for it's attached to his arm. Yeah, it's uh, a. <laughs> that would be the point where Tramonius is peeing himself.
0: Yep, he definitely uh, backed down when that happened. And then we get the fun little surprise of Eshram telling Blade Master to follow us and learn everything about mm-hmm. us. I'd be curious to, like, if they. Had a book for infinite, like they did with Halo CE. And I'm guessing I, I didn't really put this together. This might be a nod to the the one elite from the flood with the grunt that was following the UNSC, mm-hmm. like hiding. But yeah, could be. Yeah, like where in the like as you're exploring, if Zeta Halo could he have been looking at you and you didn't know?
1: Well, there have been. I have heard people claim and i haven't seen it yet of a cloaked phantom following you in game oh yes i haven't heard this before i've only heard a couple of people talk about it uh i have not yet to seen it it's one of those things that it could be someone's imagination or it could really be there but you have to if you have to catch it just right for it to be seen because of course it's a cloaked phantom. So it, it's not easily seen unless certain light in certain lighting. Like I said, I haven't seen it.
3: Hmm.
0: I, I'm curious about that. I might have to peruse YouTube and see, see about that. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't think I've seen any YouTube videos on it. I've just heard people discussing in different Twitter conversations and other places. If it's true. That'd be cool. I kind of like the idea better of... Well, I mean, the Blade Master is following us.
0: Yes. So... And we do learn that later on that, yes, he is actually following us, even though we don't see him. I mean, obviously, game mechanic-wise, your path is going to be different than... But it'd be cool to just, like, if you like, turned the corner and you just saw a glint mm-hmm. that just instantly disappeared. The idea of... of the blade master following on foot, though, compared to in Phantom sounds a little bit more... For lack like of a better word, cooler. <laughs> but yeah. Going into the second mission, I guess, is there anything else you want to pull from the cutscenes? No. Yeah, we can go on. Okay. We get the ping for Master Chief to go find some message that was being pulled in and needs to be decrypted and couldn't be decrypted by the ship, so going to find it. Master Chief takes over control... <laughs> Of the pelican, much to the pilot's Minister chief hijacks the pelican. Yep, much to uh, the pilot's dismay. And you want to what? Oh, then lands on a broken part of the ring with it, shooting lightning everywhere. Not difficult first approach, but you wind your way around, going in and out. The pilot's obviously getting your feed because he's commenting on how broken the ring looks, how pretty it looks, but how broken it looks. Mm -hmm. Eventually making our way to Cortana, or the the weapon, sorry. Not Cortana. Yes.
1: Um, And along the way, there's a lot of hints to the story. You come across Silexes in this level, which are Forerunner storage devices for races. Yeah. Different races. And you do come across one Flood, Silex. At the very end. At the very... Well, towards the end. Uh, And then you also see a lot of human Silexes. And if you dig around in the room with Silexes, you can find a rat Silex. Really? Yes. Which room? The room with all the Silexes.
0: Well, there's multiple rooms. The first room. That first room. Is the first room the one that's spinning around with Cortana? I believe so. Okay. There's a rat one. Or maybe
1: No, maybe it's later. Cause the flood no, silux that, that is at the very later.
0: end, like at the elevator, yeah. it's the one to the right, instead of going to the left to get the power seed.
1: Mm-hmm. But anyway, you'll have to go look for that one. Um, and then, you know, we, we go through the, the twirling rings of siluxes to find the weapon. Yep. And this is the first time that we know that it's stated that it's been six months.
0: Right, as far as in-game versus the cutscene thing, six months previously, Mm -hmm. I believe. So, the weapons... And we've seen this cutscene before. This is the one that they showed off previously. And it's it's still just as cool. Yeah, and it's exactly the same. Same dialogue, same everything. Yeah, still just as cool. Just that realization of what's going on. Uh, She was supposed to be deleted, but she wasn't. She was supposed to take care of finishing off Cortana, but... He doesn't remember doing that, so more questions than answers, mm-hmm. of course. Takes the weapon from the pedestal. We got a little elevator ride for some, some narrative, and this is where the echoes really start to come into play. All the the floating bits of data within all the corridors. And this is where, <laughs> if you, you're not familiar with Halo, three for three really starts to dive into this is the using all of these little echoes. This is the entire history of the halo franchise in the video game form boiled up into these little moments. It's
1: I I'm, well, they, they do tend to stretch them out through the game, but they give you, they give you a lot of important information. And they start at the beginning. They start with Halsey choosing John,
0: Mm -hmm. giving them the number. The program that she's been working with so it is throughout all the echoes that you get in the entire campaign you basically get the story from halo ce to halo 5 through halo 5 up until infinite and it's it's really i would be curious if there, like to see if there's anyone out there that well, I know there are people out there, but to get a perspective from someone who hasn't played Halo before, who Halo Infinite is their first game, and what their experience is with the echoes and learning about the background of it. Because mm-hmm. it really does play into quote unquote fixing some of the things that three four three perceivably did by some of the community to to the narrative, some of the holes, some of the differences that people might not be as keen on but it weaves everything together so well. Well,
1: on, Honestly, 343 has been a lot better at it than Bungie was. Because Bungie really didn't care about the extended lore.
0: No, they didn't. Because only seven books came out during Bungie's tenure, I believe. Yeah. The original trilogy, then Ghost of Onyx. Contact Harvest, Cold Plower Call. Right. And then... Evolutions, I think. Yeah, evolution was just as three four three was taking over.
1: Yeah, so just
0: basically those six or seven.
1: But you know, even at that, Bungie in those stories, Bungie, I, I really think they took a really hands-off approach to it. The original trilogy, well, the flood is basically Halo CE, basically. so they basically just tell the video game story
3: with some it's a lot so.
1: more detail. They, they bring in a lot more detail to the story and I highly recommend you read it because it actually enhances the story told in CE. Yeah. It makes it, after I read that book, it made me appreciate a lot of the little things in CE a bunch. I mean, even, even to the point where you find that dead Marine when you're, going to get the key for Halo. It's so much it it adds so much more appreciation to that specific moment.
0: I kind of wish every game had something like that.
1: Yeah. But anyway, the uh I just and it's not a knock on Bungie. They just weren't interested in telling extended fiction for Halo. They wanted to build video games.
0: Mhm. Which is nothing wrong. The there's definitely a um I just lost my train of thought. Dude, dude. I just completely blanked train on my train has of left the station. No, <laughs> the train has crashed somewhere. <laughs> Anyways. So after we get the Cortana going through the echo, learning about or starting to kind of get a feel for how the weapon's going to interact with with Chief mm-hmm. that kind of awkward relationship that that Chief is now having with with the weapon. Uh, Very standoffish, very just cold, direct, where the weapon's trying to be that that friendly new face.
1: Yeah. Well, you see the damage that has been done to Chief with what happened with Cortana. Mm Mm-hmm. He's very untrustworthy of the weapon, which she's literally a newly minted Cortana with decidedly a lot more restrictions applied to her by Dr. Halsey. She's very, she has been deliberately compartmentalized in her knowledge, which we learn more about later, but chief, I think at this point is really still trying to stay emotionally unattached because he doesn't want the same thing to happen to him as happened with Cortana. Right. Right. And I think there's also a part of it, too, that,
0: again, it's not Cortana. Uh, they've had a relationship for so long that mm-hmm. you, you just can't pick up with someone who's nearly an exact copy of the person that you've been partnered with for so many years. It's
1: kind of like dating your dead wife's twin. It's just mm,
0: something's wrong. Yeah, kind of. And for the that initial... The initial relationship between those two is played out really well, to, just because she's obviously a she. She still has her kind of mission mindset. It's like, okay, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm purpose built to eventually die, and this this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But she's still kind of chipper, kind of the the new inexperienced, naive naive AI. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure court, like Cortana would be the same way if if she she's basically cortana
1: well uh, actually you know from the books that's cortana was kind of the same way not really the naive part by the time we actually get to meet her but she was this upbeat happy bouncy personality Mm -hmm. yeah and the weapon is the same way and chief's just very
0: stoic and very Mm -hmm. mission-oriented and you even see that when chief inserts the chip into the back of his head there's the whole isolation protocol going on, which that HUD element piece. I love that piece. Like it it looks like an actual HUD element where you're getting all this in narrative. It's not just a blip on the screen or gosh, I I love aside from the bottom, love every other piece of the HUD that they, that they did. And just how that drives some narrative too, because some of the interactions that go on further down the campaign when we get when we talk about those missions and those experiences plays into that. So even even the even the HUD is a character mm-hmm. in in this. It game. tells
1: us part of the story. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm.
0: And we go through corridors and we find other triggers for Echoes, like the one where Halsey actually introduces Chief to Cortana, and it's being played out as. You're collecting these data fragments that was initially shredded off from the weapon, but are kind of left in places. And we start to see the crumbs left behind by Cortana down the road that we'll, that we'll learn about. But you, at the time, you don't know, like, is it just a narrative plot or is it something more? You can kind of play it off as this is just what 343 is doing to... Bring the prior story into play for players, mm-hmm. or there's something bigger going on here, which we do find out later on that there is.
1: Well, like I said, they you're going back to the whole not liking the initially liking the cutscene. 343 is doing a really good job of kind of filling in the gaps to bring people up to speed what's going on. Not the entire story. They're not trying to tell the entire saga through this, but they're trying to get people interested in the story to the point that, you know, they might actually go look up some of this other stuff. You know, they're, they're telling Chief's story of how he was made. They're telling the story of how Cortana became into existence. So it's just giving, they're giving people backstory. So, you know, these first couple of missions, you know, just like I said about the TV show, they're building the story for the new players. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing is the way they did it for people that know it, it's their Easter eggs. Yeah. You know, they're not distracting from the story. They're just kind of neat little nods to what we already know. Well, and the whole introduction of just need to see visualized.
0: Yep. You, You got on there. I I was going to say to see the whole presentation of Cortana to Chief played out in a visual style compared to just reading it in the books is a nice, mm-hmm. nice touch. So overall, everyone wins with how they've presented that part of the story.
1: Yeah, a lot of the stuff that they've done in that is stuff that we've never seen. I mean, we've read about, uh, we've heard about in other ways, but it's never been right there in front of us. Right. And it's, it's,
0: like I said, it's nice little Easter egg stuff for those that have read the books. And if, Mm -hmm. and if not, you're, you're learning. I mean, Halo Infinite by and large is a culmination of everything that has happened throughout the, all the Halo games minus, well, all the mainline games plus Halo Wars 2, just by nature of the
1: banished. Mm Mm-hmm. So they also, You know, they did something unique, and it really surprised me when I saw this the first time. They actually made Cortana purple. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Back to the Halo CE purple. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a good nod. Although she's she's purple throughout the rest of the
1: Echoes, too, so it's almost... Yes. Well, they did it, one, to nod back to Halo CE, two, to differentiate Cortana from the weapon. Mm Mm-hmm. So that 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 was a nice nice thing to do. I appreciated that.
0: And almost as a then, as a reminder to like as we'll learn down the road of uh, that this is Bertanda's dying wish for the chief.
1: There's there, there's yeah, a lot to unpack there. We'll get into we'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh I've got some thoughts about that that but anyway, there's so far we're you know, I'm I've really been enjoying this story so far with the way they've told it. And I'm just talking about the first two missions. We'll get into the rest of it later. The you know, up to this point, it was really surprising to actually see Cortana in her original purple form. Yeah, it was. Granted, she was dressed, but you know, it is a teen game now.
0: Yeah. It, it lots of subtle nods played really well mm-hmm. into the story for, New fans and for veterans. Uh, the last big part for mission two was just that last room where you fight Tremonius coming down the elevator. That room's a pain, <laughs> especially on legendary clearing all that out and not dying from the sniper jackals.
1: Actually, there's yeah to check out. There's some guides out there that actually make that room pretty easily. Oh yeah. Once you figure it's out the It's all about strategy, picking the right weapon, It's well, well, it's, it's that one is really about picking the right weapons to bring with you.
0: But for a first time run
1: through, <laughs> you'll know what you're mm-hmm. doing. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. The first time I went in there, I died a couple of times before I figured it out. Did I get podcast interrupted by family pet? Uh, apparently, the dog was jealous that the cat was at the bedroom door. <laughs> bingo. <laughs> no, I, I didn't get bingo.
0: Another one on the card, though. And using the coils correctly. Yep. that's The coils in the game are a lot of fun or the, the, Mm -hmm. the power
1: power cores. Yeah. Whatever. I think they, I think three, four, three really wants you to use them because they put like nine bazillion of them in there. They're fun to play with. They are. I'm not not talking. The noob cubes
0: as, as we coined it in the forerunners, and then it stuck with the community. So we're happy
1: that happened. Yeah. (laughs) The noob cubes. Until you throw one and hit the ceiling right above your head.
0: Or you know, you think you're gonna throw it down the hallway and you think you've cleared of a door and it just blows up right on the side. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've got to clear a clear shot. Oh wait, there's an inch of door cover over there. Crap.
1: <laughs> As you're throwing the coil.
0: Yep. It's like, really? Come on. But the tremolius fight was initially difficult. Like I've I've learned now how to do it, but it's still not, mm-hmm.
1: not the easiest fight in the game with the limited Well, all the all the I will say this. All the boss fights are they're good fights. When you do them the way you're supposed to (laughs) not take the tank. Yeah. Not break the game with them. The, the, the fights are challenging. They're not boring. They're, they're not the Tartarus fight where you have to wait for a timed thing to bring down their shields. You have to work to kill these bosses. Yeah, you have to do something to kill these bosses, which is I liked.
0: Ericaboo thinks the it, warden's not, a better
1: boss fight than Infinites.
3: Hmm, I'm
1: not sure which I, warden fight because you're fighting 15 times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. I get I never where you're coming I, from. I, I guess never
1: thought. Me personally, I'm I I've never enjoyed the warden fight. The first time was was fine. But it
0: just got repetitive over and over and over again.
1: The warden fight just the warden fight really did to me feel like he's just a bullet sponge. Yeah, I
0: feel like infinite take each boss fight has a different strategy that you have to use.
1: Yeah, and then it all culminates with boss Is going to be a bullet sponge. Well, yeah. yeah. Any any boss is going to be a bullet sponge. It's a boss for a reason. Have the health to make it a boss fight. But the way the different bosses moved, the different abilities that were used, mm-hmm. it was it was fun. And by the time you got to the end, you were using
0: multiple armor abilities because you had to. Mm-hmm. You're using grapple. You were. Using- yeah, I mean, the first
1: time I come up against Shacklock, he kicked my ass like seven times in a row. <laughs> Just and you know I'm playing on. What did I start on? I played on normal. And it took me a minute to figure out how to kill the damn guy. Mm-hmm. There are a
0: few of those, you know, how to
1: properly, you know, how to properly use the, uh, which a jigger,
0: the ping sensor thing. Um,
1: yeah. And to yeah. be able to use it and then threat be able sensor. To, the threat sensor, and then be able to, you know, switch to the grapple to move around, to position him to where I could see him and then be able to get, you will get damage on him. And, you know, it's, it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's something that. They were all fun and infinite. All the boss f- battles yeah, were. That, that was something that just hasn't been in Halo. I mean, mo- all the bosses in Halo so far, they've just been straight up bullet sponges. They didn't really have any mechanics. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have the unexpected movement. It's just, you know, the impre- I should say the less predictable movement, the warden. You know after you've you know he has a you know like a thirty second cycle that he does the same thing. You know he tries to shoot you with your fa- with his face. And then when he can't do does that, he comes charges at you and swings his <laughs> big freaking sword at you. you know, it's just like I I found infinite boss fights a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and
0: the fact that there was. I don't think we've had nearly as many unique boss fights in Halo. Cause I think like previous Halos was more just like, okay, these boss fights are just throwing more at you or throwing bigger things at you instead of just like individual characters having a piece to play. Mm-hmm. So, from a narrative perspective and from a, a fun and new and challenging perspective, yeah, Infinite's, in my opinion, is like up there for. For boss fights. I will
1: I will have to say that the Ashroom fight after all the other boss fights was kind of a letdown. Was a little grindy. There's the pet. Somebody wants attention. Yes. Everybody say hello
0: to Audrey. <laughs> this is my cat. Hello, Audrey. First time appearance on the podcast, I think. During the actual show. Any any buttons being pushed yet? And
1: there's Audrey's butt. <laughs> so Anyway. There there's the for the for those of you playing at home, my cat just mooned the camera. Anyway, like I said, you know, up until the Eshram fight, the Eshram fight kind of just went really do damage, shoot a core to take down his shields, do more damage. Take Don't get me wrong, Eshram was a challenging fight because he by no means was a stationary target. He moves.
3: Yeah. And
0: it it talk about grind of a boss battle. Yeah. I think on legendary that took me nearly eight to 10 minutes to defeat them on my first time going mm-hmm. through legendary. Hell, it took me that long on normal. <laughs> it could have taken me longer. I didn't time it, but
1: it, it felt at least eight to 10 minutes, if not longer. The other thing I appreciated about them was their scale. Jack Lock, I, I, yeah, I know we're getting past. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, first two missions. yeah, but Jack Lock is the first time I ever really felt intimidated by the size of a San or San Haley, Sorry. That is the first time I ever had any real appreciation for how tall an elite is. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just the camera angle or what, but I mean, even when I'm fighting him, He just feels massive. I think part of it has to do with...
0: Because, yeah, Chaklock does feel bigger than even just the Blademaster. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's just because Chaklock is supposed to be a...
1: Maybe maybe he's a tall elite for being elite. Well, like I said, you know, elites come in all different sizes. I mean, they're not... But, you know, it's just that is the first time I've ever really had the appreciation for how big an elite is because elites are taller than Spartans. But I've never really felt that before. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 you know, I never really felt like I had to look up at an elite playing until, the game
0: until that one. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. And Shot Clock is the only elite that really gives you that that vibe.
1: Well, I mean, even the Blademaster does to a point, but just not to the same level. No. You know, he still feels, you know, the Blademaster still feels big. Just not as big as Chaklock. Right. Same with the Brutes. I mean, you know, we've all fought Brute Chieftains before. But they've never, their size has never really felt that imposing. Yeah. No, I, I get it. You know, until, you know, especially when you fight uh, the Tremonious, not so much. Don't get me wrong, he's big, but uh, when you fight the one in the drill. Is that Bassus? That the biggest, I think it's Bassus. That one, oh my God, he is huge. He's a tank. Yep. That's what, and I probably, that's probably what gets me with the boss fights because they f- feel like boss fights. The you you enemy all looks like yeah, they looks like a badass. And don't get me wrong, the warden being, you know, 17 feet tall is impressive. But it just I never really got and it could be because it's a forerunner armature. I just never really got the threat feeling out of him. Other than, oh my god, now I got to deal with this guy again.
0: Yeah the the forerunners in Halo Five were not, or sorry, Halo, f- yeah, Halo Five. Yeah, no, Halo, Halo, Halo 4, Four and
1: Halo Five.
0: Yeah, the forerunner faction in Halo Four did not feel as fun to fight against, and in Halo f- the Halo Five was a bit
1: better, but the Warden was just annoying. Yeah. It's just, and it is probably part of it could be the fact that you're fighting like three times in the freaking game. It just you know. Anyway, it's just, I don't, I never really, I never really enjoyed the warden fights. I did them because they progressed the story, but you know, generally when I was playing the campaign, when you had to fight the three wardens, I skipped it.
3: <laughs>
1: Do grab lift, ground pound. Bye-bye. Yeah, once I figured out how to skip it, I just skipped it. Yeah. Matter of fact, I still, on my own account, I still don't have the achievement for killing two worms simultaneously. Achievement hunting night. I just, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will complete it. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I don't, it's just not fun. But
0: anyway. But back to the, the second mission. We fight Tremonius. We see all the Silexes. We get a little bit blurb from the weapon of what they are and that they're chatty. They like to talk a lot. Yeah, apparently they talk Mm
1: -hmm. to the weapon.
0: Yeah. And then for those that have explored, you'll get to see the one flood Silex that has the extra protections around it. That's all isolated Mm -hmm. by itself. Don't know if that'll come up in DLC or, or whatnot. Possibly could. Maybe that's the way the Flood returns. But we get to fight Tremodius, who we saw at the very beginning of the the cutscene with Escherum. So as soon as we see him, you defeat him at the elevator. So that was short-lived.
1: <laughs> You'll see, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Eric Kibu. Eric Kibu posted this in our chat. It says, I enjoyed them mechanically more than Infinite's... Okay, fair enough. I take a Forerunner weapon, I use my AI to distract him, get behind him, and bam, blast the Warden in the back to take care of him easily. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. He's easy to beat. Yeah, these in the Infinite ones, are interesting the, and different. The the ones in, in Infinite, A, you don't have the AI to distract him, so you actually <laughs> have to fight them. No, I'm not saying they cannot be. They can't be easily defeated. Once you know what weapons to bring with you, they can be dealt with pretty quickly. But yeah, the you still have to deal with their movement. I get. I get what you're saying, Eric. That's what I'm talking. It. it, It's a little bit
0: more traditional as far as find the exploit, find the weak spot, or find the weak spot and exploit it. I personally just like how it these bosses make you, you have to have different strategy for each one. And yes, they are technically bullet sponges because all you can do is.
1: Well, all bu- all bosses are bullet sponges. That's part of being a boss.
0: But I think to his point though, he's talking about. I have
1: yet to. Yeah. I have yet to fight a boss that wasn't a bullet sponge. I think what
0: he's saying like is with the warden, there's that place in the back where if you get ex- exposed or if you get a shot on it, you get the, the extra damage and you you stun him it's kind of like the bowser from uh super mario 64 like mm-hmm. once, you, once you get it you use that weakness to really exploit and, and do the damage um you shoot him three times in the face it stuns him too i think it's just a di- it, it's just a different preference for i guess the way bosses are done and we just like the way infinite did theirs i guess thank you for mm-hmm. the raid Hayden. And- by the way yes hello uh miniman cheesing the 675 thank you for for coming on over i don't know if you came over with the raid but thank you for being here hope you had a good uh stream tonight raid raiden <laughs> hayden <laughs>
1: raiden raiden shadow Legends! you just <laughs> got a new
0: you just got a new name <laughs> raiden the Ra- the raiden hayden those sir Lloyd silver anyway raiden hayden <laughs> But yeah I think that pretty much covers the the missions the first two missions. Any other tidbits of interesting noteworthiness to bring up we introduced in the whole power seed mechanic also in this level, which gets used a lot
1: yeah, that's I understand why they have it, but it got a little man, repetitive. They really could have done with they could have really done without done without that one. Especially when you gotta go frickin' hunt around the map for the stupid power seeds. I mean, once you find them, you find them, but it's like, really? I mean, you know, like later on, you have to interact with a power, power seed to unlock a skull. Now that's cool. Mm-hmm. And, in a, you know, an occasional door, but
0: the, the mechanic was it was nice as a new mechanic. I felt like it got used they a little too much. It just used way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a simple switch could I
1: have mean, been... I can understand having to clear a room before you can unlock a door. Mm-hmm. But to have to... Yeah, I just... Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that one. Sure.
0: Uh, final things from Bobby and Penn's little write-ups. Penn says, overall, he enjoyed the missions and the tremonius fight. He said it was a tough one, but could do it if you plan properly. And then for... Bobby, he was just really taking his time admiring the environments, walking around the corridors. Yeah. So overall, pretty good. I think it's it was a great opening set of missions for the game, both to set up yes. the the story, the mechanics, the sandbox, and as we kind of like after you finish the game and then you kind of come back around, you get to see all the the threads. Mm-hmm. of things happening in the game too which is, is makes the, the lore nerd inside of me really giddy and I'm sure it does for a lot of people too just being able
1: to yeah, I make those connections you know, all in all and I'll tell you right now all in all as a package I love the campaign it was a great campaign I I would put it next to Halo 4 they did a really good job telling a story they did a really good job on most of the mechanics it felt you know, you got that 30 seconds of fun over and over again, which was fun. Yeah, you know, it really was enjoyed. I, I really did enjoy the whole thing. The open world thing took a little getting used to, but the fact that you don't really have to interact with the open world, you just have to travel through it was fine. You know, you can focus just on the camp the main campaign. You don't have to go do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah, I have nothing else to add to that. So, that will wrap it up for the podcast tonight. Thanks for uh, Pins and Bobby who provided us some input to talk about, um, help kind of flavor the conversation and spice things up a little bit. Next week, we'll talk about the first episode of the Halo TV series since Paramount did post it on the YouTube channel. So, we'll take a break from talking about Campaign and we'll hop into talking about the episode. Maybe we'll find some folks to get on the show. If you have any thoughts and inputs about it, go ahead and give it a watch. Again, it's over on the Paramount Plus YouTube channel right now. If you go over to the Halo YouTube channel, it's also in one of their attached playlists on their page, so you can find it there easily if you can't find it for some reason just by doing the the YouTube search. So that'll wrap it up for us tonight. Again, check out social media. Check out our Discord for getting feedback to us and any... Submissions that you want to have us talk about and read on the show, talking about the first episode of the Halo TV series. And yes, Confow, there is one month free, although we don't know if that one month will actually allow you to watch the entire season. So, GT and I will not be watching past episode one unless for some reason they decide to make it public somewhere else. So, we're going to talk about the first episode and then probably not talk about until the whole series is out where GT and I can use our 30 days to... Binge watch it, and then we'll have our full thoughts about the series. Then,
1: that's the plan that we're going to do for the the TV series. I know, yeah. You know, unless we can find a cl- friend close by that has Paramount that we can go over to their house and watch the episodes legally.
0: Yes, which I I don't know anyone off the top of my head who does, but anyways, and plus I'll use that. Like, when I actually get it, then get the, or watch some of the Star Trek stuff that I've been interested in, but just haven't watched because, you no know, another subscription service to, yeah, anyways. Uh, just because you have the sign-in pins doesn't mean you're not breaking terms of service. So I would check on that.
1: There are, it's, we'll get it watched one way or another. Yeah, we are going to watch it whether we use the
0: 30 day trial that Xbox is giving away at the end and we binge watch it there, or we end up buying the Blu-rays and and watching it that way. We will talk about it. Don't worry. It's
1: not something that we're just going to completely dismiss. I mean, I do have a friend that subscribes to Paramount plus and I probably will wander over to his house one weekend and just binge watch the whole thing. So,
2: well,
1: we'll which will be, which will be what, 10 hours? Because I think each episode's an hour long. Eric was saying there's nine episodes,
0: which I'm not sure where nine we got episodes? that number. Okay, so nine hours. Yeah, I'm not sure where that number came from, un- unless the last one's like a two-hour special.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? So, we'll see.
0: Anyways, that's going to wrap it up for the podcast. Thanks, folks, for chum- jumping into our Twitch chat. We got quite a few folks watching tonight, so thank you all for coming on over and, and watching. Thank you to all the folks who came over from Hayden's Raid. Appreciate your time here. You can check us out every Thursday at 8 30 p.m. Eastern Time for the podcast. We also have our game night called Fragon Friday on Fridays at 8 30 p.m. Eastern Time, and that is hosted by GT. It is up for community vote, though, on what we'll play. So if you hop on over to our Discord, exclamation Discord in the Twitch chat, or podtackler.com slash Discord, you want to go the URL route. Um, we post uh, a poll in our game night channel, and that is between Halo 5, MCC, and Halo Infinite. So whatever the community chooses is the game that we go with unless there's a tie, in which case GT makes the tying vote. You can also find us on Sundays. The untying vote. Yes, the tiebreaker vote.
1: If, if you would like to join in with the game night, please just message me on Xbox Live. You can get me at Godzilla space T, and the space is important. Yes, it is. Uh, just shoot me a message. You can just say invite, game, whatever. Uh, and I will invite you into the game and into the party and come join the fun. We've been,
0: we've been doing a lot of infinite lately. We've sprinkled a little bit, I think of halo five in there once or twice over the last three months or so.
1: Master chief master chief collection has been in there too. So,
0: so we do play some of the other ones. If there is interest to play them, a lot of the interest has been infinite lately with the Tenrai event and the tactical ops thing that just happened. So again, Mm -hmm. come into the discord. Vote if you want to participate and you plan on being there helps make sure that everyone that's going to be participating voices get heard. Um, we also have Achieving Halo on Sundays, that's at 9 30 p.m. Eastern Time. Currently going through Spartan Assault, so doing some of the co op stuff. If you have Spartan Assault on 360 or Xbox One please let me know because there is an achievement for playing with at least five other people. So help us help you get those achievements. If you're interested in going for those and then I'll be going through and working on the solo achievements for Spartan assault as well. And then we'll jump into another game after I complete those. You can check us out on our social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram just search for pot tackler and you'll find us there. Uh, you can also, again, find us on Discord. That's where the majority of the community hangs out as far as uh, talking with one another, sharing their projects, sharing their funny clips, their uh, what we call Tales from the Foxhole, which is kind of just the community pulling together a funny clips or stories that they have from the game or other aspects of their life that's somewhat Halo-related. We also have different other little chats going on in there. So feel free to jump on in and see what's going on. If you want to support the show, there's a number of a number of ways to do so. Quick and easy ones are to just share us on social media, share us with your friends, share us with other people that you play Halo with, that might be interested in a podcast like this. Also leave us a review on podcasting platform apps that you listen to. You can also support us monetarily if you choose by becoming a subscriber on Twitch, becoming a patron over on Patreon, along with Confile, Pins, and Prestige, who are uh, still giving after two years, and then you can also donate to us directly if you so choose to do that as well. Pontackler.com/slash/donate. And as Ericu just reminded, there is only but five weeks until the next season of Halo Infinite is supposed to be coming out. I'm only in my 20s on leveling, so I need to get finished with that. <laughs> yeah, play some games. I'm done. You're done. Like
1: a lot of people are done i'm just behind yep. i didn't you know i just i didn't rush it yep i knew that you know i had plenty of time especially for this one now the next season i will probably push a little harder to get it done but. got it so
0: erica almost played 2800 games wow that's a lot wow anyways that's going to be it for the podcast tonight. We will be back here next week to see you all. I uh, will be online tomorrow for Fraggin' Friday. Hope to see some of you all then. Uh, but until next time.